Do you ever feel like you're always on? What do you do when you need a moment to chill? How would you like to hit the reset button to get ready for what's next? These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nothing but nonstop hustle all the time. Sometimes you just need a moment to turn off and hit reset, and that's when you can reach for Coors Light. It's made to chill. Look, it's summertime. Transfer window is coming up. It's gonna get crazy. So if you ever just wanna, again, take a step back and relax, read the transfer rounds, read the gossip rumors, grab a Coors Light. It'll be perfect companion for all those transfer merry-go-rounds. There's only one beer out there that's literally made to chill, and that's Coors Light. The mountains on the bottles and cans even turn blue when the beer is cold. That way you always know when it's time to chill. When you need to hit reset, just open a Coors Light. It's mountain cold refreshment made to chill. Now that it's finally hot in Minnesota, I'm gonna be looking for an easy beer to drink, and Coors Light is perfect for that. It's lagered, it's cold filtered, and it's cold packaged. It's, again, made to chill. It's crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies perfect for a moment to unwind and so when you want to hit reset reach for the beer that's made to chill get coors light in the new look delivered straight to your door with drizzly or instacart coors brewing company golden colorado and as always celebrate all right so you're listening to this podcast right now london is blue and guess what we host our podcast on anchor.fm that's right if you're looking to host your own podcast this is the easiest free way to get started. This has got a content creation tool allows you to record and the podcast right from a phone. That's right, don't even need a computer, but you can do it there too. They'll also help you distribute it, which is probably the most challenging part. You don't want to have to mess with that. They got you covered. You can get it right on a Spotify and Apple Podcasts as well as any other place podcasts are found. And you know what? You can monetize it too. Make a little cash for sharing your great content with the world. It's everything you need to make a podcast all in one individual place. So you know what? Head over to your app store, download the Anchor app, or head to anchor.fm to get started if you're ready to launch your podcast and make it happen. Hi, this is Ruben Loftus-Cheek. This is William. I'm Mason Mount. You're listening to the London is Blue podcast. All right, Chelsea fans, welcome back to yet another episode, FA Cup edition of the London is Blue podcast. As always, your host, Brandon, joined by Dan and Nick. Uh, gentlemen, the classic tale of two halves, Nick. Uh, you started pretty upset, but I'm glad we were able to get you to the happy side by the, the 93rd minute. I, I love how I'm the only one who was upset in the first half. I, I think if you looked at Twitter, uh, most people were unhappy with the way the team started. So, yeah, um, happy that the, the second half went a lot differently uh, due to some subs and stuff like that. But, yeah, excited to dive in. All right. Well, Dan, kind of interesting here for us. We're excited to have a new guest on the show. You've connected the dots saw he was interacting some chelsea stuff so who do we have on the show today well after his rendition of blue is the color on twitter had to bring in clem for barstool sports to chat a little chelsea to talk about this fa cup match clem welcome to the show thank you for having me i'm i am legitimately so excited to be here right now i'm so excited to be a chelsea fan i'm so excited to learn that song as well because i uh, <laughs> i i come quarantine as they say uh i've always i'm one of those soccer fans or americans i guess you could say in general that always would watch the world cup absolutely love it we go out to the bars you're singing you're dancing you're you're drinking having a good time with friends rooting for a common i'm gonna get into next year and then you know i get it back into baseball and football is coming up i get lost in, in the mix now during quarantine i said you know what i'm getting an epl team kind of went through a bunch of stuff kind of like trying to figure out and i picked chelsea 
and I could not be happier. I have absolutely loved this transition. And this was my third match. And I mean, now I'm on a podcast talking Chelsea with the lads. I, I just, <laughs> and for three, the team's three and oh, since I started, I lucked into like this American superstar that I, you know, didn't really know much about. And um, I don't know. I, I just have to say, I am so happy to be part of Chelsea. Uh, do you, the Blues? Are we the, are we the Blues? Because we're fans. Are we considered the Blues? Yeah, we, that's the community. We as, yeah. as yeah. the supporters for sure. Yeah. So I'm happy to be part of the Blues and, and with you guys here. So uh, thanks for having me. Man, uh, we, we got the Clem bump. Maybe that's what Frank Lampard's good luck charm has been. <laughs> three three for three post restart. Three for three since you've been supporting. Drawing the I, connection. I my I, I I was the NC Dinos became my Korean baseball team. They they're on fire right now. Uh, I don't know if this is all right. I, I picked Dortmund as my Bundesliga team. I can have two soccer teams in different countries. Is that all right? Yeah. Or is it because yeah. they came back first? So I took them first. That's but fair. I, my unwavering diehard loyalty is to Chelsea till the day I die. I've already said that. My son and I are singing the songs together. We're dancing around. He's two years old. He's going to become a soccer guy just because of COVID-19. So there's a few good things that are coming out of this stupid pandemic. And uh, three and three Chelsea wins is another, right? So I can't complain. Oh, I love it. That's so wild. Yeah, what the the things people were forced to turn and watch and, and now we're benefiting from it. So it's, it's great. Um, well, this is going to be a good one. Uh, obviously, uh, you know, match review, we've got questions in here, different things at Carlos J one saying, I want to know why Chelsea give life to struggling clubs. That is a great question, Carlos. Uh, we definitely try not to make it easy, straightforward. That's just not our style. Quite obviously, um, huge shout out to our new Patreon pledges. Thank you so much to Josh, Tim, Hannah, and Jay bumping up to the next tier. You all are amazing. And I think we had more come in this morning, even on match day. Uh, so again, thanks to everyone. That community is growing. Uh, our match day thread on that is just banging. Killing it's absolutely it. on fire. Yeah, it's great. All right, uh, Dan, over to you for the Apple Podcasts. Yeah, you know, short short turnaround time, so no new five star reviews to shout out. But if you can drop a five star review on Apple Podcasts between now and the next time we kick off with West Ham match, would love to see it because Nick, we've been climbing up the charts in the top two hundred for all U.S. sports podcasts. Which, when you think about it, as it's a wild. single, wild. single sport, single team, one team podcast, that's pretty impressive. And it's not even an American sport technically <laughs> it's Top uh 200 in all yeah. sports it's friggin' wild uh you guys are unbelievable i know for a fact though and so the challenge goes out mike ryan ruiz and his chelsea mic'd up podcast <laughs> are, are coming for us on the review side he's lagging behind at like 200 and he has the support of the club so we need to maintain this lead and we need clem and his crew to give us this huge bump to stay in front of them because uh, we're probably going to place a friendly wager on that at some point. <laughs> oh, absolutely. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do a live uh, review as we pod right now. I'm doing a Bam. review five star and I Come implore on, everyone who, who got onto the podcast. If I retweeted, I call my everyone that follows me. I call the Twitter fam. We're a big family on Twitter. I think you guys kind of have the same relationship with your listeners and everyone oh, yeah. that follows you. We're going to do, we're going to get these lads up to the top hundred and then we're going to go from there, take over the world. So uh, Bam. we'll do it right now. Five stars. I love it. Um, brilliant. Yeah, it's it's been great. And we're top 10 in South Africa, so live tour coming to your new, near you soon. <laughs> uh, all right, last one, Nick, for some shout-outs, and then we'll get into the guts of this thing. Yeah, for sure. Like, awesome job, guys. Uh, we 
just crossed over 5K on YouTube. We've been building that up over time. It wasn't initially our forum of, of choice uh, because we're more of an audio platform, but Brandon and crew have been putting a, a lot of video content out there. So thank you for subscribing. Do more of that. We, we need more subscribers on that channel. And you guys know where to find us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. So let's boost that thing up. Let's get more pub. Let's put more content out there. It's all good. All right. Well, yeah, I appreciate it. Honestly, we went from not even using that to over 5K literally through the pandemic. So silver lining in that sense. Uh, but here we go. Match review time. It was Leicester City in the FA Cup. We were playing away at an empty King Power Stadium. In case you missed it, Leicester City somehow nil. <laughs> Zero, <laughs> nothing. Chelsea, bastards, we got one. Just snuck it in there. Absolutely nicked it. Uh, here are the goals. As Pilaqueta, Willian again. That's a great ball. Super finish, Barkley. Really, really top goal from Chelsea. That lovely ball in by Willian. And a very, very good finish by Ross Barkley. Frank Lampard will be delighted. His substitutions have paid off. Aspilicueta feeding William. Chilwell's not happy that William has time to deliver, and oh, does he deliver? It's a really quality ball in swinging. Barkley arrives and scoops the right foot volley into the far corner. Really clinical finish from Ross Barkley arriving. All right, uh, I I actually jumped on your Twitter timeline here, Clem, and just uh, had to <laughs> had to scroll. I love this. This is literally how the match went. I love having a guy named Barkley and Chelsea. Right after that, holy shit, Barkley, <laughs> he scored. <laughs> that was literally how the match went. And again, we're talking about this Clem touch all of a sudden. Like, what a roller coaster that was for you as you're learning all of these players. And then, boom, a goal goes in. I'm still, like, figuring out who's – like, I know Pulisic. And I I, I didn't even know if Lampard – I saw everyone was mad that, that Pulisic didn't get to start a couple uh, matches ago. And yep. I'm saying every – Bone every every like muscle in my brain wants to say game and team, but I'm going club. I'm I'm like trying to get my soccer lingo in r the right way here. Um, but I, I saw that going through, and I didn't even know if Lampard was like a guy we like. Turns out he's like our god. So I apologize for anything on the timeline that had come out. I was just joking around, but I didn't know why he was there. Um, but yeah, Barkley comes through, gets the goal, and I said as a as a Mets fan. I know what Lester was going through. That felt very Metsy, that entire first half. It's like, <laughs> men on second and third, no outs. All right, we're going to get one in. Nope, not happening. And, and it's kind of nice to be on the other side of this because as a Mets fan, I've seen way too many of those go against us. So I'm feeling good on this Chelsea side of things, man. We've got, we got a good fans, good players. As a point of education, Clem, with the Premier League, we tend to refer to that as being Spursy. Uh, the Spurs are the the team that tend to find a way to capitulate whenever possible. I, when I was looking for a team, I, I was kind of just going through the the people, uh, like different teams and whatever. And I was told, don't go the Spurs because they are the Mets. And I already have enough Mets <laughs> in my life, plus the Knicks. And then I, I, I have a lot of friends. A lot of my buddies at, at Barstool are oddly Arsenal fans. And I go, I've read enough from Twitter oh. to know, do not go near Arsenal. Because no. they like they don't rip your hearts out. They rip your guts out as well. Then they throw them in a blender. They do a lot of bad things to their fans. What I can tell. Yeah. And their fans do a lot of bad things to themselves. So, <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's a dumpster fire you avoided. It's, that's well done. Uh, the Christian Pulisic is the best gateway drug into Chelsea right now as an American too. So it's it's yes. an easy decision at that point. Uh, so Dan, I, that, that's what I wanted to ask you. Pulisic yeah. is the correct pronunciation. Pulisic, Pulisic. I want to say that right. Yes. Pulisic. Yeah. Okay. Per and then the man. When, 
her the man himself. And then mm-hmm. when we transition into the international and I get to root for the the, the boys, the US team, he's yep. our guy. He's he's the captain, oh, yeah. right? Yeah. Oh man, I'm so happy right now. I'm, I'm sorry. You guys talk about the match. I don't know my, my stuff very well, but I love it. No, you're stuff. good. You're good. I love it. It's like the fresh connection. It's it's I'm a little baby face. <laughs> I say it's something I think we can all appreciate and and love to to go through that journey with you. Uh Dan, run us through the lineup right now so we can get into some stats and things. Yeah, six changes from the team that won against uh, many different sides, uh, but most of them are a recent match. We have Willie Caballero between the sticks, Reese James, Kurt Zuma, Antonio Rudiger, Emerson, Mesa Mount, and Golo Kante. We, Billy Gilmore, William, Tammy Abraham, and Christian Pulisic as our starting lineup on the bench. Unused substitutes included Kepa Arika Balaga, Marcus Alonso, Jorginho, Olivier Giroud, and yes, for the first time, Frank Lampard used all five substitutions with Ross Barkley, Pedro, Ruben Loftus-Cheek, Mateo Kovacic, and Cesar Aspilicueta all making an appearance in this 1-0 victory. All right. Uh, as I run through the stats, Nick, I can only hear you shouting at me because the stats tell one story. The eye test tells a completely different story. So as it runs... Uh, Leicester with 10 shots, three on target. Chelsea with eight shots, five on target. Chelsea with 57% possession. Uh, eight fouls for Leicester, five for Chelsea. One caution for Leicester. Uh, no red cards this time and five corners to their six. Again, Nick, on paper, you could see how Chelsea probably won one nothing. We had more shots on target, more possession. Okay, fun. This game was pretty even. Then you watch it and realize that Every time the referee blew whistle to start the match or at half, within 10 seconds, we'd pretty much given up a goal. It um it illustrates how long a half can be, right? <laughs> because it, like we probably had 5% possession the first 30 minutes of the game. I mean, we couldn't string three passes together to save our lives. And, you know, then you, you make some really critical substitutions, especially in the midfield, uh, which was kind of the, the problem area for us in the first half. And... You probably, you know, I think Chelsea probably had somewhere in the realm of like 75% possession in the second half, just completely ran the show. So it's, you know, you, you said tale of two halves. I mean, to to transition from having probably 25% possession in the first half to somewhere in the neighborhood of 57% overall, you have to dominate the second half. And that's kind of what happened. This is the definition of a tale of two halves, without a doubt. And we'll get into that because... A lot of it, you know, came from Frank. So, um, all right, let's jump into some of the the questions that we have, some analysis for this one. So, as we said, we're not even really going to bother with the first 45 minutes because it was dire, to say the least. And even a little bit for both sides. I mean, Lester have to be kicking themselves for not finishing all those chances. So instead, uh, we'll jump right into the five-sub Frank Lampard channeling some 2004 Jose Mourinho, who realized it wasn't working and was absolutely ruthless, took off the players he needed to, made his subs at halftime, didn't bother waiting. Um, Loved, loved, loved to hear the quotes. Barkley came out and was talking to the TV station afterwards, said that Lampard came in at halftime and told the team it was the worst half of football he's ever seen from them, and then continued to tell them that that performance was not fit for the Chelsea badge. So, line that's drawn. A, line that's a Lampard hair dryer right there. Yeah. Like that's, and ugh. shook it up. So, what he did, obviously, um, he brought in Aspi Barkley, and Kovacic. 
and what I said at that point, Dan, was <laughs> leadership has entered the pitch. And holy hell, is that exactly what happened? Well, without a doubt. It, this was just, I mean, the, the quote tells the story that Frank Lampard was willing to completely turn the game around, admit it wasn't working, was very honest afterwards talking about it being a lethargic performance and realized that the players who needed to be on the pitch at the start weren't, weren't out there. And so, and to also the credit of the man management piece made sure that he talked about the fact that the people he brought off, Mason Mount, Billy Gilmore, Reese James, are the youth future of this club. This is, this is not an indictment of them being bad or not being able to play for Chelsea at some point in the future, Nick. This was really about understanding the moment, understanding the situation, and needing to go out and get a win and doing what was needed. And each one of those substitutions was fantastic. Yeah, I mean, like, if he could have made eight substitutions at half, he might have done that. Like, we were that bad. Uh, Which he said. uh, You know, and, and really genuinely, Billy, Reese, and Mason had a tough half. You know, we could just be honest about that. You know, I think Mason was probably running on fumes from the last couple of games. I don't know what Reese's deal was today, but he looked he looked uh, pretty bad. And then Billy just had one of those games that, you know, for as good as he has been in, in limited minutes for us this year, couldn't string a pass together to save his life. So, you know, you bring in those three important subs. It felt to me... Um, you know, and, and Clem, this is before your time now. Um, but it felt to me, uh, like back in December when Lampard brought on Jorginho in the first half, uh, and brought off, uh, I think it was Emerson, uh, at that time and made a, a transition from a back five to a back four and Jorginho dictated the tempo. We ended up winning that game, uh, because of a really early change. Frank Lampard, I, I realizing it wasn't, you know, he didn't start right. So he had to make a change. So, uh, wanted to get your thoughts on on halftime. This being your first three sub half, or any of our 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 uh, our first three sub halves. <laughs> yeah, I feel kind of. I, I like that we all experienced that together for the first time. Honestly, I was like, can you just do like a line change, like in hockey, and just swap the entire <laughs> crew, you know, line out and bring everyone else back in? Um, I have to say. Again, I didn't know much about Lampard. From what I gather, it's this is what I was told from you know people that are trying to explain soccer to a first timer. It's like he almost he kind of went to the AAA World Series last year, did well in it, I think lost, and then but then gets hired to like his like home team. You have mm-hmm. to love a guy that pulls a move like this in a big game, which the FA Cup I didn't even know what that was until like yesterday. So I'm learning all that how big of a game it was. It still has like the grace as a coach to to not indict the young guys and have them get their heads down and kind of like, you know, pick them up while also getting the win. I think you just have to just love this as a fan, right? Like I, I don't want to like, I, I'm, I'm also trying to not go too hard on drinking the, my new manager's Kool-Aid, but I think that's everything like you kind of look for, for a manager looking in. And when he says that line about the, the Chelsea badge, that's coming from Mr. Chelsea himself. Right. So yeah. I don't think you can get any harder than that. No. And I, you know, and I think, this is a part of his journey, but it's like young, unproven manager a little bit coming to the big leagues and showing that he's not afraid to make these decisions. And whether they're right or wrong, the fact that he's got the cutting edge to make the decision and say, you know what, I'm going to flex my muscle and influence the match the only way I can, which is to change the players on the pitch. Again, just the fact that he doesn't hesitate to do something like that. Again, right or wrong, because we know he's learning. 
Um, today, he absolutely hit the jackpot. Like, well, I mean, think about last year. Would Maurizio Sarri have done this last year? <laughs> no, I like, know. Uh, yeah. like, he he wouldn't have, and we would have all been super frustrated at half because we saw it wasn't working. Yeah, right. Like we saw the personnel just for whatever reason, whether they were all having a collective bad day or is this you know good management by Lester or whatever. Like Frank Lampard, I, I you know identified the problem and tried to fix the problem. And if that still wouldn't have worked, I would have at least given him credit for trying, right? Yeah, exactly. And I, I like how Erith Muggle on our Discord was saying that he's been really impressed with Frank's management of the team post-COVID because, again, this isn't just normal situation. We have a hyper-compressed schedule, games coming thick and fast. And I think because he's not that far removed from playing – he gets it. He knows what the players are going through. He can tell the players, hey, you're going to sit this game, but you'll probably come on as a sub, but here's why. Because you're focused on this match. We play in three more days, and we need to keep you fresh and healthy. So you know, before you'd have a week to recover, that is long gone at this point, and I think that's a huge, huge part of it. Well, think about this too. So the three subs he made solved three critical problems that was happening in that first half. So Reese was getting beat, which was not something that we've seen quite frequently from Reese James because he's been able to body up many an individual and as he comes on and is man marking extremely well, getting forward into space, pushing up with intensity. Billy Gilmore was not retaining possession of the ball. Kovic just comes in and immediately is one of the best players on the pitch with moving the ball at speed and being able to do the quick interchanges with passes that Billy was not executing on. And then Barkley coming in for Mount, you know, Barkley was just had a little bit more stamina, a little bit more energy, whereas Mason, you know, 30, 35 or, 30, you know, 36 games played for Chelsea this season without missing many, many minutes is running on fumes, as Nick said. So ultimately, each change was perfect and completely flipped the game. And actually, I think the biggest indictment of managerial prowess is against Brendan Rodgers for not realizing he needed to do the exact same thing right at half. He, he should have countered. Brandon, and it didn't happen. Correct. There's a lot of a lot of that, unfortunately. Um, but you know, again, just kind of the fact that Frank was able to flex his muscle um, on this game, I think, is is super impressive. It's funny. So, Clem, we were talking about this before in the last match. It seemed like every time we had a water break, we were able to come back stronger. So we we're laughing with your typical orange slices, your Capri Suns. You know, Frank giving his little his little halftime talks. That didn't happen this game. So again. Anytime you can see a, a coach, manager, whatever, take their their halftime speeches and really galvanize a team to come out in the second half, I think that also shows you that the players are truly bought in and listen and are like, hey, whatever the gaffer says, like, we're in, let's go do it and raise their level. Because we've seen it. Players don't always respect the coach enough to go in and put in a different shift or change their energy level. And we thankfully, we saw that today. Yeah, it saw right off the bat. Like you said, as soon as those changes were made, I mean, I this whole Barkley thing, I didn't know. I don't know Barkley. Don't know who he is. I now know I love him, but I didn't know it going in. And he just seemed like he was all over the place. And that was just a move that Frank made. So, um, and I think, I think obviously the way that this, the rest of this season is going to go, the rest of this year is going to go. The most veteran of coaches are don't know what the heck's going on. So the fact that he's come in and kind of dealt with all the changes that are made and coming out of these water breaks with like 
I don't know, inspiring moves for lack of a better term. Like mm-hmm. I don't, it makes me excited as yeah. someone that is, you know, fresh into this. And again, as I said, as a Mets and Knicks fan, I very rarely have this kind of confidence <laughs> in my managers. I have pretty <laughs> high faith. I, 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 I hate to say it. I think I might have more trust in Frank Lampard than any other one of my managers. Other than I'm a Giants fan. I have one guy who I don't know, Joe Judge. Uh, other than that, I definitely have more faith in him than anyone else of my managers, which is saying something because I've been a fan for like two weeks right now. <laughs> ah, hey, I love it. That means it's it's taken no time to, to get you on the bandwagon. <laughs> it also means the bar is incredibly low. That's so. true, too. So <laughs> hop over. <laughs> All right, Dan, um, Barkley. While we have stats that we can talk about, we also have we, we also have some other discussions that we can talk about because I feel hmm. like you you put this tweet out specifically to spite Nick a little bit. Well, not not to spite Nick or Joe, uh, Joe one of being or one of our great guests. Ultimately, there's been some confusion around what nickname we're using for Ross Barkley, and I just wanted to clarify this moving forward. So, put out a little quick poll during the match after the goal. Barkledino, Ross the Boss, Sauce Barkley with write-in option available. Also got uh, uh, Boss Barkley's um, as well. That was in there too. Ross the Boss, clear favorite, 53%. We had rounding up 29% for Sauce Barkley, which was Nick's, and then Barkledino, which was Joe's at 15.2. So I'm just going to declare moratorium on anything that isn't Ross the Boss for the foreseeable future. Uh, This is incorrect like i actually feel like joe and i need to present our arguments to an impartial judge that like like ross the boss is cute and it rhymes everyone knows that you know it's been around for longer sauce barkley is objectively a better nickname it implies that the man has skills ross the boss is like i don't know is he a springsteen impersonator like what are we doing um he's a wrestler yeah, or like, yeah, whatever it is. Like, I, I just think there needs to be a... You know, like, Joe and I's nicknames have skill attached, right? Ronaldinho, Barcaldinho, obviously the same guy. Shouldn't so, on this poll. <laughs> Good guy. So, look, I, I feel like... I feel aggrieved here, and I need, I need to bring this to an impartial judge, for sure. As a very impartial judge, and I, again, didn't even know what Barkley looked like until an hour or two ago... I'm so in love with Sauce Barkley. I'm sorry. I was completely impartial. I love Sauce Barkley. Come I hope I'm stepping on eight toes here, but I love Sauce Barkley. I, I personally, can I refer to him as Sauce, Sauce Barkley or do we need to wait for this judge? This judge. No, we can, we can, we can let Nick win. This is terrible. Unbelievable. <laughs> I apologize. Yes. I apologize. My man, Clem. <laughs> oh, man. All right. Well, anyways, getting to the statistics that we skipped over for that discussion. Um, <laughs> Ross Barkley, so this is coming from Naz, our buddy at goal.com. Um, one goal, four shots, three on target, which is a great day out. Uh, and then after after Joe saying three, Ross Barkley has scored three of his four goals in all competitions this season in the FA Cup. Those three goals, four FA Cup games, are as many as he netted in 16 appearances in the FA Cup prior to 2019-2020. Look, he played, every, getting to score against Liverpool was massive. He's getting his goal today. I mean, I think, you know, Nick, we're seeing him shine a lot in the FA Cup. But what that stat doesn't show you are all the counterattacks that he had to think and killed because it was a poor pass, he waited too long, or just didn't make a decision whatsoever. Um, yeah. The, if there was ever a, a time I would go against my own nickname, it would be on those counterattacks. They were they were brutal, man. And it's when, when you have a three or four on, on three. It's four on two. 
well, yeah, four on two even, you know, and you have wing options and you have Tammy streaming through the center and you make a pass that goes out for a lesser throw in. That's inexcusable. Like for, especially for a guy who clearly is, is good enough to score the goal to win the game. Like it's, it's a Jekyll and Hyde thing, you know, like he, he could have had two or three goals in this match, maybe a two or three assists. If he would have been more clinical with his passing Clem. I mean, Ruben, the last one, Ruben like passed it back to him. He got a shot off, but slammed his hand on the ground because it's like that was not where the ball was supposed to go. Like it was, it was tough. Nick, to borrow a term from baseball, I've put my ass in the jackpot because I went in on this Sauce Barkley name because I love it so much. I didn't realize when you give the name Sauce, this guy can't have any like any things to pick apart. I didn't look at the stats beforehand. He has to be coming through. I remember that four on two. And again, I didn't know which players were which. And I was like, wow, we really boned that one. I didn't know I'd be calling that guy sauce in two hours time. It's crazy to me. All right. Now I'm, I, I don't know. I've, am I allowed to take back the judgment? I think I have to kind of just, yes. give it back to, I, okay. hundred percent. I rescind the nickname. It's back up to the, to the, you know, the crowd here or an impartial judge or panel or whatever like that. I, I, Nick, I'm with you. I think the sauce, it should be out there, but he has to start fulfilling his potential. You're telling me he has here consistently. Yeah. Yeah. That, that is his entire thing. Well, I think the interesting thing is that Frank has found a willingness to, there's a, a trust that Frank has in Ross that I don't think we saw last season, even with Mauricio Sari, who was trying to integrate him into the side occasionally. And we, the infamous Kovacic for Barkley swap that happened pretty much every match last year, Barkley's getting the opportunity to potentially come good here. And you're looking at what's the, the new signing effect, right? What's the Ziyech effect? What's the Werner effect? There are attackers coming into the side and that means some of these players on our squad this season, like Ross, potentially might be on the short list to find another place to play permanently next season. And if Ross can come in, Brandon, and be a substitute like this, who in 45 minutes has the tale of two halves, that uh, <laughs> a tale of a good half and a tale of a better half, and compress it all in the 45 minutes, if he could develop just a touch more consistency, you know, he is a, a fantastic bench option. Here is why Ross was able to be successful today. It's because he didn't have to defend because Kovacic and Kante were holding down the fort behind him and Barkley plays best in between the lines. He plays best getting it behind their midfield and running at their back line or being able to run in, get the cross, you know, as delayed back. So what I want to move and give credit to was Mateo Kovacic, who prior to the stop was player of the season widely agreed upon maybe hadn't gotten a lot of minutes maybe hadn't gotten a lot of plaudits you know since we came back there was no better reminder today than watching billy gilmore struggle to keep possession which isn't his fault he's a kid and then seeing the difference in a seasoned pro with Kovacic being able to retain possession while being under pressure in that tight press completely changed the game. Chelsea Youth had a great tweet. I don't know. It was something to the effects of like you had to be more physical against the press so you can literally physically break through it. Kovacic brought that because the whole the, the whole talk was like how short our lineup was today. And to be fair, Kovacic isn't raising any height bars, but his poise and his control was fantastic. And I think seeing Kovacic come in and immediately change the way that we played uh, was fantastic. 
um, Gabriel on on Discord even saying, how was Kova able to change the game so quickly? It felt like as soon as he came on, we were more confident and dynamic in attack. Clearly, I had read that and then said it as if it were my own, and now I'm coming back and reading it. I need to give him credit. So Gabriel <laughs> totally Plagiarism. ripped that off. It sounded great in my head, so I said it. It wasn't mine. <laughs> it's, a, it's a great call-out, though, because yes. Kovacic, well, yes, he's not the tallest man in the room, is very much capable of playing larger than he actually physically is in the way that he can stay upright as he's getting hacked by moving through that midfield and can do so with moving the ball at speed and changing directions in a way that many of our players are not capable of doing. Most players are very good at running in one direction and not going diagonally, shifting another way. Kovacic is good, Nick, at just keeping the momentum and the quick interchange, especially with Conte, because like those two are, you know, were in lockstep and clearly had a good understanding of where the other was going to be. And I think that's where a lot of the challenges came for Billy too. Is there wasn't great communication and expectation on where the ball was going to be, and that caused a lot of our problems in the first half. I mean, Bill, Billy, when he had success earlier in the season, was as a pure six and not as an advanced playmaker, which Angolo Conte seems to have just made the six his own now, um, which is uh, different. But, I mean, Kovacic, uh, to uh, you know, Gabriel's point and Brandon's plagiarized point from earlier, is the, the fact that he was able to dribble through the press instead of having to make a really tight pass to break a press ended up coming to our aid a lot because they would send two or three people at him when he had the ball and he was able to, like, wriggle free um, with – some sauce-like moves, um, Clem. So th- this is a guy that you're going to love watching because he has amazing body control. He is able to uh, do some uh, some skill moves in tight spaces and is able to advance the ball so other attacking players can go work their magic. Uh, I'll be honest with you guys. Even with like um, my my American, like my my other sports, my especially baseball, which is I think probably similar to soccer because there's so many games going on and, and whatnot. I fall in love with guys for like the silliest reasons and names a big part of it, right? Kovacic, I love, I blindly love the guy. I, I can tell you right now, when I saw the name Kovacic on this rundown sheet, I go, well, that's one of my guys right there. That's all it really takes for me. And you know what? Hopefully your guy pans out. Sometimes they don't, but like that, that's all it really takes for me sometimes. So um, I'm, I, this is kind of like, this is my Kovacic crew right now I'm talking to right here. And I'll never forget that we have a, a plagiarized Kovacic point. That's going to be one of the things that goes with me. My dying days. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> uh, Gabriel, you've, you've exposed me. Uh, it's probably a trap. Um, obviously, I think we can touch on, on, on Pulisic as well. Uh, first half, probably the only bright spot that we had yeah. to talk about. Um, you know, I love that he's now starting to get the hazard treatment where mm-hmm. essentially people are targeting him and looking to foul him every time he gets on the ball. He's so dangerous on the bad side. People give him the hazard treatment and now he has to be iced down after every single game. And I'm sure he'll show us the cleat marks, uh, in the next Chelsea unseen. Um, but again, I just, we don't, we, we've talked, talked a lot about him. But I think this is probably just we can keep it short and say his form is consistent. Um, he'll probably score banging about three against West Ham because they're so shit. Lampard said he could be the next Sala, right? Or or that, that level of yeah. yeah, that level of player, right? Which is 
consistently, you know, hate Liverpool, obviously, but those are two of the best forwards in the world. So not the um, Chelsea version of Mohamed Salah, the current? And yes, that is correct. Um, so, but I mean, like, for, he was easily the best player on the pitch in the first half. Him and Harvey Barnes were kind of going at that. And, you know, obviously, once we regained control, he didn't feature as much in the second half, but was chasing down, doing a lot of defensive dirty work today, too. Um, so got to give him credit for that. Well, he had... The first time he touched the ball and tried to press up the flank, he drew the attention of three lesser players to force him back. Three! It's, he is getting the treatment, and, and I kind of tweeted this out and talk, you know during the match, but he is getting now the tactical fouls against him to slow him down because the other teams are seeing what he can do and how quick he can shift the play, and he enables that movement because if he gets the three players on him now other another person is free to make the run tammy's free to make a run mason's free to make a run barkley's free to make a run that they weren't going to be able to make previously because christian's drawing the attention and so if he's going to continue to get that attention it's just going to be on him to get that ball moved out quickly and uh, you know there was that one opportunity early in the match to clem with the goal where he went a little too much power instead of going a little too much kind of for the actual area where he should have targeted at. But uh, Schmeichel made an amazing save. And unfortunately, Christian doesn't get another goal in a consecutive match here. Yeah, I, I kind of was getting a little spoiled there for a, for a bit. Um, and I think the announcer kind of made a... He's like, he went for the power there instead of going for the corners. It's just, I feel like, and you guys could obviously speak on much more of this than I ever could. But when you have that guy, that star on the, on the team... Um, you just want him to be in that spot and at least have a chance at it. And either it's, it's a, it's a goal or it's at least it makes the goalie earn his keep there. And it sounds like the goalie did on that, on that in particular, on that play in particular. So um, I, like you said, general opportunity, opportunity to, to praise him. I love this man with all my heart. And I didn't know much about him until two weeks ago. I am so happy. He's in my life right now. It's, I'm, I'm beaming right now, guys. I don't know if you can tell, but I'm beaming just talking about this young man. <laughs> Oh, honestly, like I said, it's it's the the time in our Chelsea fan that we probably wish we could all go back to because those are the best times as you're coming on board and, and taking it all in and everything's fresh and exciting. I mean, uh, can can I just ask one question? Like, yeah. When 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 you guys, you know, obviously Americans and Chelsea fans, like that has to be the moment, all right? Other than when if you guys win, you know, the EPL or the Champions League, it's like when the Amer- the next American guy like this is you know gets transferred to your club or whatever they call it. I mean, you guys must have been throwing parades on the podcast. <laughs> I mean, we were we were actually in London to watch a match when when he signed when he was announced. Wow. And we woke up, we woke up the day it was I think it was the day of the Southampton match or something like that, and it was announced. So we actually did a little recording outside of Stamford Bridge, which was really cool. And yeah, it was awesome, man. We we found a, a couple of Budweisers. We took some fireworks. We had a bald eagle flown in. We got an F sixteen to fly over to. It was really impressive that we were able to coordinate that in London. The U.S. Embassy was great. Right yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's it's the best thing ever. But just having it announced was exciting. But you're worried it had to pan out. Christian is proving he's the real deal. He could make this step. He can be an important player for one of the best teams yep. in Europe. And that is now paid it back a hundred times what the excitement, the original excitement was. And so that is the best because we don't have a lot of American players this at this level. So uh, we get to call one our own. Hey, we're going to take a real quick break. When we do get back, uh, we're going to talk about unsung heroes. 
Uh, we're going to talk about some people out of contract and what might happen with them. And then obviously we got the Dan of the Match poll. Obviously, we will be right back. All right, here we go. Unsung heroes time. William and Zuma. What do you mean unsung heroes? William and Zuma, Dan. Do you think yeah, that... Dan. <laughs> I think there, there's a lot of praise for what Ross did today, for what Pulisic did today, for the subs coming in. But I think William over the, the past you know two matches in particular has been a, a really important part of the team. And you know I think there's a lot of people get frustrated over the, the extra step over or maybe not passing kind of directly, but his engine at, at, you know, at an advanced age of 32 still continues to be one of the most impressive at Chelsea. And you know, just some of the stats. So uh, in this season, most cr uh, chances created for Chelsea mounts at number two, most passes into the penalty box, Aspie's at number two, joint most assists with Aspilicueta for the season, and then second best accurate crosses, Aspie at number one. A lot of people look at it, the fact that he's only agreed to play for Chelsea until the end of the season. Uh, we got a couple of people asking, why shouldn't he maybe get a two-year extension now? Should he be coming back for another year, Nick? But I, I think I just want to make sure we credit the fact that he had a, a perfectly weighted assist for Barkley's goal. Like, that made the goal happen. I think Ross was almost half surprised the ball got there in the first place, and he was able to convert it. And then second is just his... His commitment is often questioned, but in this stretch of game so far, you're seeing the William that plays for the badge and, and does kind of give 100%. Uh, look, man, um, he's he's put three really, really tough shifts in over nine days, or actually seven days, seven days. Um, that's a lot, and, you know, it's probably 30 kilometers worth of running it's all of the you know skills it's tracking back it's helping the team it's doing the you know him and mount doing a lot of the pressing work that needs to happen for for our press to actually uh have somewhat of a structure to it i mean and look the, the end product has never really been there i think it's one of our our great frustrations with with him clem is that he's he hasn't scored consistently uh over his time at chelsea but uh, he was putting in a ton of effort, deserves a ton of respect for, for what he did today. I mean, you guys, you guys tell me the Bible and I'll believe whatever you guys, I mean, Kovacic is my guy now because of this vibe. So it's like, we're just <laughs> going to keep it going from there. So you guys tell me who, who's like the, the guys we love, who are the unappreciated guys that kind of keep everything going. Like I, I was trying to think of like who my unsung hero is and it would be like, the three names that every single person on the planet knows. You guys are my own some years. You brought me on the podcast, but you guys literally sing on the podcast. This is your podcast. Your voices are the stars of it. So even that seems a little crazy to say. Well, it's, uh, yeah, I think, to, you know, today it's, it's, we, you know, they're kind of in that, especially Zuma, right? Where we've seen flashes and then we see average and we're not really sure what his ceiling is. So again, from that standpoint, it's like, and especially sometimes the center back, it's a lot of the dirty work. You're standing around waiting for the play to come back to you. Uh, you know, so I can see that for sure. Again, you know, the William thing, I, I posted in our Discord, I think yesterday or a couple days ago, I watched the Chelsea Unseen where it was the Manchester City match. And for William to be out of contract, probably not in a great spot with the club's management in terms of he wants a three-year deal. They're not going to give it to him. He So, AK, the club don't value William as much as he thinks is fair value for his services, which is a tough situation to be in. Steps up, hits the penalty. 
while, by the way, Ederson tried to scuff up the penalty spot for his plant foot, Mm -hmm. uh, William buries it with confidence uh, and celebrates. I mean, it could be very easy for him to just be a passenger right now and just kind of ride the season out. We we, we publicly have no idea where he's going. Even the announcers today said he's not going to be at Chelsea. Okay, well... We don't know that, but the fact that his future's up in the air so strongly and he's able to come in and still perform, to me, shows he's an ultimate professional. He respects the club. He loves the fans. And I'm not going to badmouth him for that. Even if maybe he didn't play up to the fans' expectations, including my own at times, at the end of the day, I'm going to respect him and appreciate everything he's done for our club and especially the way he's handling this weird situation uh, with you know not not being in contract, getting a small extension, he's still putting in the work. He's still putting in the shifts. He looked absolutely knackered today. Uh, we don't have running statistics, but I'm sure he was up there with you know whoever was around the top. Is is Angola Conte obviously covered the most ground? We know that. Um, so I don't know. At JL Hines tweeted us saying, my my question: Chances Williams is at Chelsea next season? Has been playing at a high level since the return. I really wouldn't mind having him back next year as another option with depth. Um, Mike on Twitter saying, why not a two-year extension for William? I don't know, Nick, if you saw this, but Yan tweeted. So it's I should get a screenshot because we know when he tweets things, he doesn't fall through. Um, yep. He said he's calling that William's here next season. I, I would personally be surprised if that happened. And I think it's like... It's all well and good for as fans us to go, well, yeah, I mean, he could be a great backup, right? Like, does William want to be a backup? No. I, I mean, like, that that's the situation that he's running into, right? It's yeah. like he's going to have a Ziyech coming in. He's going to have a Werner coming in. He might have, you know, other talent to compete with. And it's like for his seven-plus years of service at Chelsea, does he just want to, like, ride out his career as on, on the subs bench and play in FA Cup matches? Like, Probably not. Like, you know, I don't think he's going to, you know, step in over Pulisic anytime soon, you know, if that were the, the left wing choice. So uh, I think that's the thing you're looking at, fellas, is like it, it's <laughs> it's a difficult situation because William has always valued himself a starter and has been really upset when he wasn't a starter. So to put him in a situation for another three years, I guess, Dan, would be a challenge. Yeah, less than 10%, I would say right now. Unless things completely change between now and the end of the season, we think that, you know, if, you know, heaven forbid someone on the current team who's going to be here next season gets injured or maybe even if William gets injured, uh, those are the only scenarios where I see a little bit of a U-turn and we go ahead. Otherwise, I think to the point you're making, Nick, some club is going to offer him a starting position. He is he's too good of a footballer at the Premier League level for not for you know one of the clubs in London, whether we look at Tottenham, whether we look at Arsenal, Crystal Palace, you know, someone is going to be willing to pay him to stay, especially when there's no transfer fee involved. You know, when you think about the, the COVID reality, if you don't have to pay a transfer fee and you're just thinking about wages, even if it is a higher wage, that's going to be way less on your books through the remain, you know, through the next one or two years. So Ultimately, if he leaves, he leaves with his head held high with the way that he's he's putting in this effort. And just to touch briefly on the point that Brandon's making about Zuma, Zuma was fantastic today. He was great in terms of his his blocking out of balls, his ability to kind of change direction with some of his passes was fantastic. And I think ultimately, 
has not gotten a, a ton of opportunity to impress, but I, I would really like to see him paired with Christensen at some point between now and the end of the season because I, I do value that partnership a little bit better than the the Rudiger Zuma partnership that we saw today. I think you know Zuma is better in that right center back role. I have a question, guys, as a as a new fan here. So when when a player uh, goes from you know Chelsea to a rival or something like that, because I, I, again from the outside looking in, like the way it goes, it seems like soccer players move all the time, the big ones, right? Or you know they go for big money, and I imagine sometimes you're like. I can't believe he went to, you know, fill in the blank here. Right. Sometimes I feel like this guy, William, even if he goes to the biggest rival, it's like he gave us all he had when he didn't have to. And is that kind of fair to say how you guys kind of view the end of his time here potentially? I do. I think so. Yeah. yeah I mean, look, is it is it going to be a delight for him to go play for one of our hated rivals? No. I, like He's going to be aware that it's a step down no matter what. Yeah. You weren't good enough to stay at Chelsea. They're willing to take you. Well, if we think about it, so in the last couple of seasons, we had Petr Cech, our best goalkeeper ever, make the decision to go across London to play for Arsenal, uh, which was great. He actually gave up some really phenomenal points there and, and helped with the downward trend of that club. Fantastic. David Luiz, at the beginning you. of this season... Uh, at a, a transfer deadline episode that Brandon and I recorded, goes to Arsenal, also gives up some critical points and helps them with keeping their club down this year. So look, if William wants to go to Arsenal at the end of the season and continue the trend of Chelsea players going there and sabotaging that club, I'm all in. I am all in on the Chelsea to Arsenal sabotage transfer moves. Agent William. It's, <laughs> it's a possibility. That is for sure. Um, all right. Well, let's go ahead and hit, as we kind of wrap this one up, the Dan of the Match poll brought to you by our presenting pollster, Dan Dormer. <laughs> yeah, this uh, not not a, not a presidential poll. We'll jump into that realm anytime soon. But Barkley, Pulisic, William, Zuma, there, there was some conversation we were having about Kovacic potentially being in here as well. I think Aspie could have been in here too. Pulisic wins our poll with 56%. I saw Barkley winning a couple others externally, but our poll is the truth. So Christian Pulisic, you get the honors of Dan the match for this one. But uh, yeah, I, I do feel bad about leaving out Aspie and Kova. I, I think there are also too many good individual performances in this match, especially from the three subs to you know leave anyone out. It's it's a It's a tough... It's a tough road, Nick. I have to walk it alone. Kovacic, man, come on. like, I he would have been my man in the match personally. I I thought that he came in and had a you know obviously didn't get the goal. Barkley got the goal, but uh, I thought Kovacic did an incredible job. Uh, also, a huge shout for William as well. Um, but yeah, you know, my my man Kovacic and Clem's man, our man Kovacic. Kovacic. I was gonna say I'm with you, Nick. I'm riding with you again. <laughs> we might have lost Sauce Barkley, but we're on the Kovacic train together still. <laughs> all right fair enough fair enough uh-huh i like it um all right well you know fair enough i think the club had pulisic barkley they had rudiger and someone else either way yeah it was, it was a bit interesting it's a bit wild if we're being honest um so in case you've missed it uh, the fa cup semifinal draw was done at halftime of the manchester city newcastle match which is shortly after our match ended. Uh, and as we had talked about, I think this is well documented in Discord. 
our chat server there that uh, rigged. we knew we were going to be playing Manchester United, assuming we won. The second we won, that draw was confirmed by the FA. It'll be United. <laughs> Are we home or what? Oh, it's at Wembley, right? Because we're semifinals. Wembley, yeah. So Wembley. we're yeah. back to Wembley, the National Stadium. This is this is pretty much our second home, if we're being honest. So our our tenth semifinal in nineteen seasons. I bet we have a hell of a win record at that point too. Um, so we're playing Manchester United. The other side is uh, Manchester City and Arsenal. Uh, they have recently played, in case you missed it, and it was an absolute drubbing. <laughs> Boy, I wonder who's going to win that one. Hmm. Honestly. Hmm. I mean, look, Arsenal barely got past Sheffield today. They had a goal off sides. They won in the 91st minute. With an absurd goalkeeping error, Brandon. You have yeah. to you have to look at that Dean Henderson coming out to midfield to try and like, what are you doing? Like, ridiculous. He's trying to make sure United don't take him back, is what he's trying to do. He doesn't <laughs> want to join that dumpster fire. He's staying away. Um, so the good news, Clem, is the FA Cup journey for you continues. Lampard has come out. This is an important trophy for him. He's won it multiple times. He, I don't think there's anything better, especially where the season's gone. If he could snag a trophy in his first season at the club that he had the best years playing ever would be an absolute dream come true. And with the results we've had so far, our ability to lock in top four with or without Manchester City getting their ban, is looking stronger than ever right now. So, um, And it pushes our Liverpool fixture out as well, so we don't have to be there when they get their trophy and all that nonsense and all that bullshit. <laughs> um, so good. Clem, the, the journey continues. So are you familiar with Wembley, the national stadium there? The only thing I know about Wembley is, uh, I believe, Davy Boy Smith had his big WrestleMania moment there way back in the day as a wrestling fan. And um, I think the NFL probably got a couple of games. I know it's like, that's like the big stadium, obviously, right? And yeah. I guess it depends that they have the FA Cup uh, semis and the finals there. Um, I will say, though, as after I picked up my EPL team, I then kind of looked closer at the standings and I said, oh, my God, Liverpool. And people were telling me there's no playoffs because as an American, this yep. is all very new to me. I was so bummed. And again, I was like, all right, we're going to play for Champions League and we're going to try to stay in the top four. Mm-hmm. I didn't know about this FA Cup. This is awesome. I, I don't yeah. know what else to say. I'm so happy. I've just been plunked, right? And I, I the other thing is I didn't I – didn't, there are two teams I immediately crossed off other than – Tottenham and Arsenal because I'm out of the get my heart ripped out of my chest by sports teams anymore. I didn't want to be a Man U fan because I've always heard they're the Yankees of soccer. And I didn't want to be a Man City fan because I heard they're partners with the Yankees. I'm a Mets fan. I hate literally in business with Yankees. Yes. So it's like this this Chelsea fan, this Chelsea fandom thing worked out perfect. And I I picked the team not knowing I'm in the middle of this FA Cup race. And uh, I cannot wait until. So when is the next? uh, Is that scheduled? The next match? July 18th and 19th, right? Yep. Beautiful. Yeah. So just just for clarification, we we have lost to Manchester United three other times this season. (sighs) It has not been unconscionable. The substitute PE coach, because I think some people just calling him a straight up PE coach or giving him a little too much praise, Ole Gunnar Solskjaer, the manager of Manchester United, who is moonlighting there when his when school is not in session. (laughs) Four zero at Old Trafford, two one at Sanford Bridge. 2-0 2-0 at Stanford Bridge. We've lost three times. We are gonna break, we're gonna break the duck and we are gonna get the W. Uh, hands our, down. Our run, our run in the FA Cup has been far more treacherous than any of the other teams left. We've had to play Liverpool, Leicester, and then United to get to the final. And I, I think if Chelsea were to go on and and 
claim this trophy this year, it would be one of the more impressive run-ins to have to beat those three teams I already mentioned and likely Man City uh, in the final. So uh, this could be a huge, huge, huge achievement for Lampard if he's able to get over this Manchester United bogey matchup. Now, if they play like they did today, it's over in the first half. Like, then you, man, you will capitalize multiple times probably, and we're going to be uh, battling. Big you would assume. Yeah. yeah, look, just like us, they're on the rise as well, kind of on the restart. They they are showing that apparently they do have some quality in their team, which sure shit didn't see the first half of the season. So uh, it's a bit... For the last five years it, at all. It's <laughs> very true. So it's a bit annoying, but hey, we got we to gotta do what we got to do. So, I mean, we've got, you know, another match coming up right away on Wednesday. You know, they're coming thick and fast. This is exactly... You know, as a fan, it's it's kind of like Boxing Day, that kind of hectic, festive period all over again. So you got to enjoy it. Um, but with that being said, I mean, it's FA Cup. There's no table to review. It's a knockout tournament, all right? You win, you advance, you lose, you go home. And we're advancing to Wembley. So, uh, Clem, huge shout-out. Thanks for hanging out with us, man. We appreciate you yeah, responding buddy. to the DMs. And Welcome to the family. Exactly. That's <laughs> what I was going to say, man. I, I honestly cannot thank you guys enough. All the Chelsea fans have just been so nice. Even the soccer fans. Um, I, I kind of uh, compare this to – I never like going to the gym on January 1st because everyone's in the gym. <laughs> so the fact that I can – like everyone, I feel like after the World Cup, all us Americans try to get dip our toe in. I feel like I've kind of snuck in the side door during quarantine. So everyone's been really good. There's only been a few people who have been like, you don't even know anything about the sport. I'm embracing it with two arms. I, I, I love it, and you guys have been great. And I thank you for having me on the show. I apologize for everyone that you got a guest who doesn't know what he's talking about. I'm sure next episode will give you someone with 10 times the knowledge of me, which, again, is a very low bar to clear. But thank you guys for having me. I cannot wait to uh, go down this crazy road with you guys now because I've been told uh, what was the last match? We had the handball that I was that the goal was waved. There was a goal waved off, I think, a handball. I've learned about VAR. There's a lot of things I'm going to learn to hate about soccer. <laughs> I, I found out quickly. Mm-hmm. So it's a, it's Brother. not as fun as three and all. And my favorite player scores a goal every game. There's a lot more to that to soccer. apparently. <laughs> Brother, you're, you're drinking from the fire hose right now of so- like you are, you are a hundred percent just ingesting everything. It, you'll by, by the time this next FA cup game comes around, you will have learned infinitely more. Like it's going to be crazy. It's going to be awesome. You see these bags under my eyes? That's two kids. There's going to be about three more sets of bags from Chelsea in the next month. So I cannot wait to, uh, to, to get back into this. Oh, man. It's great. Honestly, it's great to take the ride with like the fresh-eyed fans and all that stuff. I know. So, it's awesome. Hey, keep tweeting about it. It's going to be a fun ride. Anyways, that's going to wrap us up for this show, Chelsea fans. Uh, let us know how hyped you are. Go welcome, Clem. Uh, link in the description. Uh, shoot him a tweet. Let him know how much you're excited to have him with us. But, gentlemen... That's a wrap for us. Our listeners, thank you so much. Without you, this would be boring. This would be lonely. So we appreciate everything you do for us. Uh, But that's a wrap. So until next time, Chelsea fans, you know what to do. Keep the blue flag flying high.